Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Transformation Radio. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. Here's an overview. The beginning point of faith is believing in God's character. He is who He says. The end point is believing in God's promises. He will do what He says. You know, when we believe that God will fulfill His promises, even though we don't see those promises materializing yet, we demonstrate true faith. God called the universe into existence out of nothing. He declared that it was to be, and it was. Our faith is in the God who created the entire universe by His Word. 
God's Word has awesome power. When He speaks, do you listen and respond? But does faith make sense, really? Do you believe because faith makes sense, or because faith doesn't need to make sense? Now, some Christians think people cannot understand God and should not try. Others believe that nothing true is irrational, including true faith. Well, the truth is God gave us minds that uh, should be developed and used. To ignore intellectual growth is to live a stunted and naive life. God wants our trust and faith, even while we ponder and wonder about so many matters mysterious to us. Even so, we do not believe in a void nor leap into the dark. Faith, my friend, is reasonable. Though reason alone really cannot explain the whole of it. So use your mind to think these things through, but leave room for the unexplainable works of God. And now let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. November 12th, the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead a nation with so many people that, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. 
for he has prepared a city for them. Psalm 110, verses 1 through 7. This is one of the most quoted psalms in the New Testament because of its clear references to the Messiah. Now, many people have a vague belief in God, but refuse to accept Jesus as anything more than a great human teacher. But the Bible does not allow that option. Both the Old and New Testaments proclaim the deity of the one who came to save and to reign. Jesus explained that this psalm spoke of the Messiah as greater than David, Israel's greatest king. Peter used the psalm to show that Jesus, the Messiah, sits at God's right hand and is Lord over all. See, you can't straddle the fence, calling Jesus, you know, quote, just a good teacher, end quote, because the Bible clearly calls him Lord. Psalm 110, verses 1 through 7, a psalm of David. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand, until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. When you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. You are arrayed in holy garments, and your strength will be renewed each day like the morning dew. The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The Lord stands at your right hand to protect you. He will strike down many kings when his anger erupts. He will punish the nations and fill their lands with corpses. He will shatter heads over the whole earth. But he himself will be refreshed from brooks along the way. He will be victorious. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 14 A loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse. So many different versions of a word that's been distorted, twisted into something that it's not. Just an expression No, I don't think that we get it Cause the truth of the meanings Get lost
Here's today's In Touch devotion. Today's scripture reading begins in verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us. The Bible is a guidebook mapping the route to our eternal home. But travelers must read and follow the directions. Some people claim they'll get to heaven because of their morality, their religious observances, or even their belief that God exists. But those paths lead to death. The only road that leads to the Lord's eternal home begins with faith in Jesus. Scripture gives us three landmarks leading to that route, points when there is an awareness of Christ and our need for Him. Landmark 1. I am a sinner. Everyone has done wrong, and we are each accountable for acknowledging the truth that sin is what separates us from our holy God. Praise Him for sending the Holy Spirit to point out our desperate condition. Landmark 2. Jesus is perfect. Christ's sinless sacrifice on the cross is what spans the chasm between the Heavenly Father and His creation. Our Savior paid all past, present, and future sin, offering forgiveness of that otherwise impossible debt. Landmark 3. I Need Jesus The defining moment on the journey is the point when the traveler believes Jesus is who he claimed to be, and through faith, receives God's gift of salvation through faith in Jesus. The new believer is given a brand new nature and is welcomed into God's family. Are you on the road to discovering the Lord? Here's a peek at what's ahead if you stay the course. Redemption, eternal life, and a great adventure walking with Jesus. Trust in the Savior and thank Him for His mercy and grace. There's got to be more than going back and forth.
Sing a filthy wretch like this And wrap him up in righteousness But that's exactly what he did No matter the bumps No matter the bruises No matter the scars Still the truth is a cross has made The cross has made you Maxwell is hard work. Karen Diaz from Macao, China, who is an uh, aesthetic assistant therapist, wanted me to talk about hard work. And I go to China a couple times a year, and I can tell you that people there know what hard work is all about. They're not afraid to pay the price. Recently, I was traveling internationally, and I was in a country that didn't value hard work. What they valued was a lot of time off, a lot of vacations, did a lot of strikes, and their economy was in shambles. And much to my disbelief, I listened to a tour guide talk about how that they wanted all of the benefits of life without paying the price for the benefits. And I thought to myself, she doesn't understand. Hard work is a requirement for you and I to have the benefits of life. My father used to say it this way, John, pay now, play later. He said, if you play now, you'll pay later. He said, you're always going to pay. The question is, do you pay on the front end or do you pay on the back end? Hard work basically says, I'm willing to pay on the front end so that someday I can play 
on the back end.
the arms of Jesus. Hey, this is Zach Pruitt. Just wanted to share a little bit of my story, uh, where I've been and where I'm at now since I've been in the refuge. I'm 25 years old. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. I grew up in what I would call a pretty normal family. I mean, my parents were divorced, remarried and divorced again at a young age, so I had some resentment issues stemming from that. Uh, but besides that, I grew up with my father. Pretty normal childhood. I made good grades all throughout school. I was very active in sports. I dabbled around a little bit uh, later years in high school, you know, with marijuana and alcohol. I actually went to college for a year. During that year, I was living with my mom and hanging out with some cousins on that side of the family, and they introduced me to narcotics like Vicodin and Oxycontin, various other pills. That led to an opiate addiction for the next five years, uh, mainly consisting of heroin. Once I started doing heroin, things really turned south for me. Um, lying, stealing from family members. I called a burglary charge when I was 19 so I could get high. Panhandling from different parking lots with my cousin so we could get money to get high. Lost jobs in and out of jail and rehabs and outpatient centers. Just doing whatever I could to get my fix. Didn't care about anybody but myself and my high. This last time in January of 2014, I finished up time on my burglary case, got out of jail, literally had no car, no money, no clothes. I had nothing to my name because of the choices I had made and my addiction. Uh, my stepfather had informed me about the refuge a couple years prior, and I decided I might as well go to the refuge now to clean out for a couple months since I had nowhere to go and nothing to my name. Uh, when I got to the refuge, I really did not take it at first. I've never been too spiritual. I was raised in church, but never really believed. A little over a month in, I decided that I'd give it a try because I'd given everything else a try, so why not God? And then the last nine months I've been here has just been a whirlwind. God has completely restored and healed my life with my family. With my friends, he's given me people around me in this ministry that truly care for me. I actually have positive influences in my life for once. These guys that I've been living with for the last nine months, I, I honestly love them. And I know they would do anything for me and I would do anything for them. And it's great to be able to have people that you can call on, not just now, but in the future. If I'm ever struggling, I can rely on these guys to help me get through hard times. I can't be more thankful to this ministry and how God has used it to completely change my life from being hopeless and lonely to living a life that's full of purpose and a calling to know that I can be a light for people in my family and people in my past life that can look at me and see that I have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ and that there is hope. It's just amazing what God has done for me through this ministry. And I just want to be an encouragement to anybody that's struggling here to just stick with it. It's hard. It's still hard for me. But to know that the prize at the end is what's worth it. I love all you guys. Have a wonderful day. God bless.
Seems like all I could see was the struggle. Oh, I-
Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy. Freedom's found 
moment truth was seen Reveal this mystery The crown that showed no dignity he wore And the king was placed For all the world to show disgrace But only beauty flowed from this place Would you take the place of this man? Would you take the nails from his hands? Would you take the place of this man? Would you take the nails from his hands? Hear the weight of impurity The Father would not see Reasons have finally come to be to show The depth of His grace Flown with every sinner He knew that this was why He came Would you take the place of this man? Would you take the nails from His head? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.